Hello everyone, this is From the Newsroom, a podcast from the Holland Sentinel. My name is Cassandra Bondi. I am the business reporter with the Sentinel and I am here today with Jane Clark, the president of the West Coast Chamber of Commerce, and Jody Ozarski, the vice president. Uh, we are here today to sit down and talk about the labor shortage that we are struggling with here in West Michigan. Let's start with this. Um, can either of you give a little bit of an overview about how the low unemployment rate is affecting uh, chamber members? Sure, so the Michigan West Coast Chamber of Commerce was formed about six years ago when we combined what was then the Zealand Chamber and the Holland Chamber to form the West Coast Chamber. And so we represent employers in our community. We have a little over 1,200 companies that are members with upwards of 70,000 employees. So that's a large employment base in our community. And we hear from our members time and time again that when Ottawa County has the lowest unemployment rate in the state, that really is forcing them to become more creative in how they recruit, retain, and grow their workforce. And we're seeing it at all levels of um, our members, both uh, in our manufacturing sector, in our service sector, in our retail sector. Uh, it's really a, um, a a combination of factors that have made this happen and what we're really seeing is a lot of creativity coming out of our um, employers now to help address their concerns. Sure, sure. And so have you guys noticed that any industry itself is, is more affected or is it pretty even across the board? Yeah, I would say it's even across the board. Um, you might it, you may seem to think you see it more in the, the larger manufacturing settings just because the volume of people that they have, mm -hmm. but proportionally everybody's being impacted by these numbers. Sure. We're also seeing it, for instance, in the manufacturing sector at all different levels of employment. So um, we're hearing from our manufacturers that they're having difficulty finding their general production employees. Certainly that they're finding uh, difficulty with their skilled trades workers, their welders, their plumbers, their pipe fitters, folks like that. And then at the engineering level as well. So um, all spectrums of employment. And so what are um, some of your members or some employers in the area doing to encourage um, more employees to, to come around, more workers to, to show up and apply? It, uh, our employers are doing a broad range of things to be creative. So um, I can think of one company in particular, IFR, Integrated Fabric Resources, who um, has done a great job of tapping into the immigrant community. And even though language might be a barrier for some of the people that they're recruiting, um, they recognize that there's great work that can be done by these individuals. And not only are they hiring them, but then they're retaining them by providing additional value to these employees. So they're doing things like ESL classes. They're helping them with uh, citizenship and going through that process alongside of them and helping them through that process and even um, giving bonuses to employees that complete that process and celebrating that right along with them. So they saw a potential labor pool that was being underutilized and they found ways to capitalize on that and, and benefit both the company and those individuals. Okay. I think we're also seeing uh, employers offer more flexibility than perhaps in the, fa uh, in the past, more creativity, um, helping folks find a work-life balance that works for their families, um, whether that's all kinds of different uh, men and women, both are impacted in that. Um, just some perhaps non-traditional schedules from times past. Um, again, because what we're known for here is our outstanding workforce, but when it's tight like this, again, you've got to get creative. Right, right. Um, some of the things that <clears throat> we've seen is there are fast food restaurants or coffee shops that 
um, don't have uh, their usual second or third shift. Um, so there are some fast food restaurants that would typically be open 24 hours that you know close at 10 or 11 because they don't have the people to work those those late shifts um, or coffee shops who can't seem to find any part-time workers to work the afternoons um, and so in terms of smaller businesses and those part-time employees um, has there been any discussion about the effect there when there are so many full-time benefit jobs available Absolutely. So one of the things that we're looking at, um, we at the Chamber are, are helping in a couple different areas that would impact this. One is really looking at um, the students here and helping develop the soft skills that they need to be um, readily employable. And so we've got a couple of things coming up right now, in fact, um, where we're working with Lakeshore Advantage and the City of Holland on a panel meeting with students to understand what, what is it that they're looking for? What would make them want to stay here and, and be employed here versus you know leaving and going somewhere else? Mm -hmm. There's also something great that goes on called Prep for Success that local school districts are a part of. Um, and uh, people like chamber employees will go meet with these students or other business executives will meet with these students and help them understand what do they need to do to, to pass through an interview process? What, what's happening on their resume that might be preventing them from being able to be employable? Um, do they have a good handshake? Are they looking you in the eye? You know, those soft skills that maybe aren't being taught in the classroom, but it becomes so important um, when someone's looking for a job. Sure. Absolutely. So, and that kind of leads me into my next question, which is, you know, here at the chamber, um, you have this, um, these wonderful set of, of goals. Uh, that we talk about at every Wake Up West Coast, mm -hmm. um, meaning the, the core values. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, what are some of the ways that the Chamber is engaging with employees um, or members on this issue? We're doing a wide variety of activities. One of the things that we can do best is help members make important connections and get the information that need. I'll give you an example. Next week, we have an opportunity to bring in uh, Matt Eversman, who is a nationally known consultant helping employers uh, that are interested in supporting veterans and bringing and retaining veterans in the workplace. So that's a very specific, uh, tangible opportunity that we're providing to some of our employers to help, again, um, pursue new and um, expanded ways of recruiting folks for their workforce. Mm -hmm. um, Jody mentioned we're working very closely with our schools. We think that's so important. We're spending a lot of time thinking about quality of life and placemaking issues, and specifically another one of the barriers is affordable housing or workforce housing. And um, so the Chamber's really engaged right now in making sure that as folks want to move to this community, because certainly we want to grow uh, the number of potential employees in this market, folks have to have a place to, to live. So right. we've been very active in supporting of all the, the um, initiatives going on right now to increase housing opportunities as well. Right. Yeah, I know that that's been um, a particularly challenging issue for people who, you know, there are great jobs in this area um, that are pretty well paying, but even though they are pretty well paying, we, we struggle to have enough housing for them. Um, so I know that can definitely help combat the issue. Um, I've heard that from several people that I've talked to um, mm -hmm. for this. Um, so in terms of the, the scope of the problem, just so that people can fully understand um, what the issue is. I know that um, people have mentioned the the lack of a third shift for some restaurants, so they won't be open when they typically are. Um, 
But what are some of the impacts that this labor shortage is having um, on day-to-day -day operations? Well, our, our biggest concern, of course, is that um, for our manufacturers, they have product to produce and they have to figure out how to do that. And there's um, a couple of obvious solutions. You need folks, you need um, staff to make that happen. You can automate or you can move. And our first goal, of course, is to provide them their needs through existing employees and new employees into the market. Um, secondarily, we know they're going to be ramping up automation and, and efficiencies. Um, and the last thing we want to see is companies that have to look outside the area. So we want to make our efforts focusing on keeping these uh, companies here and thriving here. Sure. Absolutely. Well, then I think we will wrap it up with this. Is there anything else in specific that I have not asked? that you think is important for the community to know about um, the labor shortage? I guess I would say that um, our community continues to be a place where um, we're looking to work co collaboratively, that we're looking to be creative um, to find solutions to these problems. So, um, you know, things like workforce housing, you've got great minds and great leaders, the right people in the room helping to make those decisions. Public transportation, we know we've got to continue to, to have a, a really robust public transportation um, available to get people where they need to go. And um, so we'll continue to look at that and to support that and, and to grow those opportunities. Um, we know that people, for, for people, um, place is just as, more, as important as the job. And I don't know that there's a place better than Holland. And so we'll continue to work together to make this the ideal place to live, to work, and to play.